0: Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Penn State and Bucknell game day. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All the best in the biz right there at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury or at sunburyboaters.com. So tonight is the big doubleheader for college troops in the Valley. Bucknell taking on Colgate tonight first at 7.30. Coverage beginning at 7 on Eagle 107. Our man Doug Burtzong will have the call there. Then back here on WKOK, coverage starting at 8.30. Tip off around 9. Penn State and Nebraska for the first round of the Big Ten tourney. The winner of this game will play Wisconsin tomorrow in the second round. So, for Penn State, just kind of looking over this Big Ten bracket, they couldn't be in a better spot to try and make a run. Are they going to? I don't know. We don't know what team we're going to get night in and night out. But if you can get the team that scores 80-plus points, then yeah, they can win these two games, and I don't know if they're good enough to beat Iowa, in that quarterfinal game, but you never know if you can get a, if you win these two games, you can get a little momentum. You never know what can happen in March. But you look at this game tonight with Nebraska, certainly I think would be favored to win. I I I like Penn State in this game tonight, I think. I think the win against Maryland certainly propels them to some momentum to carry into this game. But again, as we talked about before, Nebraska's playing better basketball, though I still think They're not a great team by any means, and neither is Wisconsin should Penn State win tonight. So it's really just going to come down to the things that we talked about with Penn State before. Can they make shots consistently being the biggest question. So we'll see how things go tonight, but I, I, I guess I'll pick Penn State to win tonight and then see what happens after that. We'll get Steve's thoughts on that coming up. And we hear from Jim Ferry, too, at 3.35 today. Sandy Barber is going to join us at 4.06 today as well. Last to to discuss there with with her regarding spring football, where things stand with the pandemic and fans being allowed there and other topics to get to at at Beaver Stadium, rather, and then other topics to get to with Sandy at 4.06
0: and then good news. Good news.
1: That is good news. Carson,
0: Carson Wentz is a Colt. Oh.
1: <laughs> That's good news for sure. Colt fans.
0: Just wanted to know. I want you to know that.
1: You know what's also good news? I just saw. I was going to get to this. ESPN is getting the NHL back.
0: Well, I talked about that yesterday. Do you listen to the show?
1: <laughs> well, I made it official today.
0: It's a seven-year deal. Yeah. Do you listen to the show? <laughs> we are going to get four Stanley Cups out of it. I'm repeating myself from yesterday. I mean, Dick from, I mean, Dick from Milton, we're going to make a little switch today, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll have Jim Ferry on at 335. Then we'll have Sandy Barber at 406. But we're going to, we're going to move Neil to tomorrow. Oh, okay. we have Kevin Kugler on.
1: Okay. That is a nice little surprise.
0: It's what we do here. Try to stay ahead of the curve. All right. Yes, so Kevin's going to join. He'll be calling the game on TV tonight. So I thought it would be a nice ad. As tonight, the Nittany Lions will play in the home of Carson Wentz. Lucas Oil Stadium That's right Remember when he used to call home Lincoln Financial Field
1: Yeah Seems long ago now at this point
0: See, but now you want to get rid of the owner
1: Well, yeah I'm not too fond about anybody in this franchise Right now
0: Right. Can I just say one quick thing about the owner? Sure If you don't mind Since he took over, how relevant have the Eagles been?
1: Over time, they have been very relevant.
0: How much more do you want from them? They've gone to NFC Championship games. They've gone to two Super Bowls. Uh, You know, personnel's changed. I mean, Donovan McDab becomes Carson Wentz, whatever. But they have been, over the last 20 years, relevant. Not always, but almost year in and year out.
1: But then there's the way to take the next step, and they've only been able to do that really one time.
0: But the next step has been hindered by uh, what hinders many next steps. It's been hindered by sentimentality. Yes, The Steelers have stayed relevant in part because they haven't been sentimental. That's why Troy Polamalu refuses to come back right now. They weren't sentimental about him. They looked at him and said, "Uh, you've been uh, okay. Um, you haven't helped us <laughs> as much lately. And that's why they looked over and said, uh, we're we're moving on and he's still mad about it one guy they did do that with was um malcolm jenkins that's the one guy they did do it with it was malcolm jenkins and you know But, I mean, you've ripped ownership, yet this owner has kept you relevant for since he's been there.
1: But at the same time, he has still made some franchise he, he still made some moves that have pushed the franchise—that set the franchise back a little bit. Chip Kelly hiring, probably the worst hire in franchise history. This offseason, of, this debacle of an offseason, uh, holding on to Andy Reid a little too long, going back to the sentimental issues— and then, what's led to some of those player personnel decisions over the last couple of years would has come to sentimental issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's obvious Andy Reid is, I mean, past his prime is way past his prime, um, because obviously that was some sort of fraud that's been coaching the Super Bowl the last two years.
1: It just at that time it was ready to go. I, I th- there I was a report out need? there by Jeff McLean a couple of days ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I should say, around the time of the Super Bowl that Andy Reid needed to part ways in order to be successful and I, and I believe that with the way things were at the time. The Eagles had a chance to win two Super Bowls with Andy Reid. 04 they didn't do it. 08 they lost to the Arizona Cardinals in the championship game.
0: Sometimes the other guy's better. A factor that is rarely built into those who analyze games. Sometimes the other guy's better. You're gonna tell me when they played the Patriots, the Patriots were better. The Patriots were better. The quarterback was better. Not a knock on Donovan McNabb. That quarterback's that quarterback's been better than most. That's a big part of, you know. I mean sometimes sometimes the other guy is better. Okay. it's very difficult for people to get a handle on on that where they sit back and go, no, it can't be, no, we're better. Uh, No, actually, no. the other guy might be better. It's not taken into account very often. But your owner has kept you, for the most part, relevant. And you're still consumed with a massive amount of hate? I mean, I mean, heaven help little Luke if he happens to strike out with the bases loaded in the <laughs> little league game. It's it's just gonna be it's gonna be a hard slog for that kid. Uncle Steve, why is daddy mad? <laughs> I said, Luke, I said let me give you some advice, son don't let criticism go to your heart don't let praise go to your head back with more in a moment thank you Uncle Steve back with more in a moment you're on News Radio 1070 WKOK He's got Central Mountain tomorrow night in the district final. Suit gets paid a little bit extra for each game. So, like, late game. <laughs> late game if he happens to blurt out for three and a new couch. Okay. Uh, that's you know. I'm just, I'm just saying. It becomes very personal for him. Great job. I get a coffee table out of it. What? What did you say? No god! No god! No
2: god!
0: See, that's what it sounds like when you're in it for the team, <laughs> and not for personal gain. <laughs> I mean, it's—and the thing is that Doug did one the other day. That, guy in the corner office Still baffled I mean He he gets up to F-O And then he's F-O-U-L-E-D That spells foul <laughs> You want to talk about confused oh. <laughs> Okay is it D-A-H at the end Alright Uh, Syracuse won today, advanced in the ACC tournament, beat NC State 89-68. Buddy Bayheim had 27 in that one. Uh, Some other scores for you early. Georgetown leads Marquette 14-6 in the Big East tournament. Uh, Also today in the uh, Mountain West, uh, Wyoming is uh, all over San Jose State, 75-56 with uh, 13 minutes to go in that game. Big Sky, Northern Arizona leads Portland State 52-33 with uh, 15 minutes to go in that one. Back to the ACC, Clemson leads uh, Miami 36-32 at the end of the first half. Just get everybody up to date on scores of other games. Uh, Gonzaga last night. Uh, Oh, how about this one? I'll give you this one. You always kind of keep track of people who at one point or another have been associated with your program. So we've mentioned that Dan Earl was the Southern Conference Coach of the Year at BMI, former Nittany Lion, as a player and also as an assistant coach. Ed DeCellis, former manager for Penn State basketball, former assistant coach, former head coach of Penn State who brought them to the NCAAs in 2011 was coach of the year in the Patriot League. Well, today it was announced that Mark Schmidt, former assistant coach at Penn State in the early 90s, was the Atlantic 10 coach of the year at St. Bonaventure. The Bonnies are going to get in the tournament even if they don't win it. They've had a terrific year. But it's interesting that all at once. All those people that at one point or another have been associated with Penn State basketball. They've all had coach of the year years. Tonight, Bucknell plays Colgate. You'll hear it. It's going to be on Eagle tonight.
1: Eagle 107, yep.
0: Eagle 107 tonight. So Eagle 107 this evening. Colgate is in the top 20 in the net. But they've only played three teams. Not exactly what you call a rather large sample size. Not a large sample size. And by the way, Bucknell was supposed to play Colgate earlier. They are actually going to be the one team that straight outside the, the mini-bubble Patriots put together where they kept everybody just playing regionally. Look, everybody's trying to come up with a plan to make this thing work. How about the Texas Rangers? They announced today that they are doing full capacity April 5th, 40,000 seats, Globe Life Park. They You know, you have to wear a mask, except when you're eating or drinking, but they're going to have 40,000 seats available, whether open or on April 5th, and they're going to keep the roof open as often as possible. But they made the announcement they are the first professional franchise to announce today that they are all in. I believe Maryland announced today 50% capacity. That's correct. I'll leave other comments to myself. <laughs> no need to go further. Uh, but that is now. I think tonight they get eight thousand. Now here's something that that uh, I think comes into play tonight, and this is something no coach should talk about. Okay, so I'm not you know no coach should talk about this. I'm not even going to bring it up to Jim Ferry coming up because you don't want your players thinking about it. But nobody's played in this situation. There are two basketball courts that are in Lucas Oil Stadium right now at each end of the stadium with a curtain. There's only going to be a few thousand fans there. And remember, this is where the Colts play. It's not Bankers Life Fieldhouse. This is where the Colts play. What's the depth perception like in the building? I mean, yeah, look, everybody can go out and shoot 75% tonight. It's a moot point. I think offensive rebounding is a big part of this. Not a little part. It's a big part of it. We'll talk to Jim Ferry next half hour. Sandy Barber, 406. Kevin Kugler, 435. Neil Kulong, we appreciate him moving to tomorrow. King, by the way, on Friday. Life is good. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Best new inventory out there great pre-owned inventory great time to make a deal too and this uh, sunbury Motors sales staff is going to look at your budget help you out and willing to deal and a fabulous service department to back it up all at sunbury motors 4th street in sunbury sunbury motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in hummels wharf and online at sunbury since we've been declared as a Prince Harry, Meghan Markle free zone. We'll continue on with sports. All right, what? Just, what? Just thought I'd throw it in there. Penn State will open the Big Ten tournament tonight. They will take on Nebraska. Earlier, I had a chance to talk with Jim Ferry. So, Jim, welcome. Great to have you back with us on the show.
2: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's always it's always good when you go in that last one heading into the tournament. That's for sure.
0: What does it tell everyone? You, know, I, you can come back once in a game. And, you know, you've had teams many, many times that have done that. You can sometimes come back a second time in a game. How often have you seen a team have to climb the mountain three times and actually get to the summit?
2: Yeah, not, not very often. That's why, you know, it was great resiliency by our guys yesterday just to keep plugging, keep plugging, and keep believing each other. Because, you know, what happens a lot is you get down and you come all the way back. But if you don't take that lead, sometimes it just fades away. You know, they make a play or two, and it. So for us to come back, you know, normally you come back, you take the lead. Sometimes you can just take off from there. But we kept coming back, and then they make a run at us. We make a run at them, make a run at us, and it was, you know, for so a that people were thinking, all right, you know, this one could be over. And we just kept saying, you know, chop it up in these, you know, to the next media timeout. Just keep playing to the next media. Keep playing to the next media. And you know what, man, these guys, they really bought into each other and they really did it. And then at last meeting, we said, hey, listen, now we're going to take, now we're going to make the run and we're going to win this one. And they really, you know, believed in each other and made the plays. And they were really locked in defensively. No breakdowns. We rebounded the ball.
0: Uh, no need, obviously, for us to to go. What the play call happened to be? Because it was it was really there was a couple different options off that play call. How did you feel about the movement and the fact that two of the guys handled the ball before Seth? Where happened to be John Heron and Miles Dredd?
2: Yeah, we well, thought know we we had gone to a set, uh, and it was working. Of course, we we're getting touches inside. Uh, Sam had control of the tempo with the ball. We got touches inside. Got to the foul and We got good looks off it. So really, what it came down to is. It felt like two of the things we were running were really getting us good looks. So we did, we called a timeout, and we just combined them. We said, okay, at 14, we're going to go to this. And if we don't get what we want out of that, then take it into this. And, again, I'm not going to get share the name right now because, you know, I don't want to give that away. <laughs> and they did a great job of it. We looked to attack. We ran it the right way. Now i going to touch hit to Miles. Miles turned the corner. Uh, hey, Miles Dredd could have taken a shot himself. I thought that was really unselfish on his part. He turned the corner, you know, got, you know, broke three-point line, could have had a pull-up, and he just saw Seth and Graver, you know, a great, what we call like a, a Butler pass, to kick out to, to Seth on that wing right there and knock it down. So, you know, that, that was just true trust. Guys really executing really well uh, and then playing off each other.
0: It's great. Now let's take it to another part. You only gave up one offensive rebound in the game to Maryland. That was in the first half, so none in the second half. You also held them to only 11 points in the, in the final 11-24. What did you see defensively that allowed you to hang in until the offense made its move?
2: Yeah, well, you know, well, first of all, the only reason they didn't get an offensive rebounds is because they stayed every shot. But, uh,
0: <laughs> that no, is a true I statement. Know, I don't know if that's
2: a positive or not. Um, you know, they were playing at a high level offensively. We, we, we weren't locked in defensively, so maybe it was wasn't as many rebounds to be had. Um, no, but in the second half, I really thought. You know, that stretch where we held them to those 11 points. I, you know, if okay. you can see it, it was great momentum for us where we, we kept talking about, like, don't let our offense affect our defense. Keep playing, keep playing, let's keep defending. And guys really bought into that. And you see it really tightened up. Saw so five guys playing as one. Uh, and we just got huge stops after huge stops, but then got us out playing with, with base tempo.
0: We know what Seth Lundy had done in the previous seven games, he had scored 30 points. Last night, he had 31, which is his second 30-point game of the year. Moving forward, look, you, some, always somebody can step up. But in reality, what kind of X factor can he be for you over the next few days?
2: Yeah, I think it could be huge, you know, especially you know coming off a game like he just had last night. You know, his confident level is going to be really high. And, you know, Steph, you know, he's a young sophomore, and I know I've said that throughout the year. Um, you know, when he started out, like on fire you know he had 30 points in a game and everybody's excited and then you know he he's got to learn and develop and then he had stretches where he had through a shooting swamp and then the big thing with Seth is that he you know hey man just keep keep defending and rebounding when the ball's not going in and things will happen for you. and you know a credit to to kids Seth his teammates and the staff like we've all just been really positive with him we just tell him hey listen just come out there as a shooter that's why we put him to the bench was to come in just shoot the basketball be aggressive and it's funny because it wasn't his first three that went in. You know, he got a layup, offensive rebound. He missed his own shot, got it, laid it back in. You know, sometimes it's that simple. You see the ball go through the net early in the game to get themselves going. So, but for him to have a game like that for us going into the tournament right now, I think it's huge because you know, in the tournament you're going to have to win multiple games, right? So you're going to need everybody, and so hopefully we have everybody kicking on the, you know, at the same level, kicking in together, and, and having a guy like that that's going to open up the floor for us should really
0: help. Who starts the game is important. And there are many times where the guys that finish the game probably are going to be, the, you know, for the most part, the five guys who started. But every once in a while, that's not what happens. Uh, the game goes along. You have to make decisions as to who is in the best position to finish for you. How much does it help you as a coach that guys like Sam Sessoms, who finished last night, Seth Lundy, who finished last night, that you have options during the course of the game that you can go to to finish for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was great. Our two leading minute guys, Jamari and Zay, were on the bench at the end. They just, you know what, they just weren't having great nights. It just wasn't going for them. Um, and Sam and Seth were play, playing so well. Um, but to have that ability to win a game on the road when two year starters or two year, you know, better players just not having it that night, that's huge for us. And, again, I'll, I'll go back to how important that's going to be in the tournament for us because, you know We need everybody and to have our depth stepping up right now at the end of the year. I think that's vital.
0: Jim, you talked about depth. There was, of course, that stretch where you had to play the 14 games in 40 days. We addressed that last week. And, of course, three of them were grouped together right before that Purdue game because the extra game with Nebraska had been put in there. But then, from the Purdue game Friday night, you didn't play again till Wednesday. You didn't play again till last night. Now, I realize you've got a stretch where you have to play every day coming up, but what is that natural rest and that gap meant for your players?
2: Yeah, I think it's huge for us. You know, we, after that Purdue game, you know, disappointed in the way we played, but we had to be smart. So we gave our guys two days off. And then we came back and practiced Monday, Tuesday to get ready for one day. Wednesday's Minnesota game, and, and, you know, if you saw that game, you know, we were flying around the place playing with great energy. And then we kind of shortened things up, uh, you know, before we went to the Maryland game. And same thing, you know, we got back late last night. You know, we probably didn't get back to our room until about, or our homes until about 2 o'clock in the morning. So today, man, it, you know, mental health day, man. Let's keep fresh bodies, fresh minds. We took a little break. We got, you know, treatment. Guys needed treatment. and Everyone got treatment. And then uh, we're going to practice tomorrow, probably about 40, 45 minutes, and then travel out there because now you're talking about playing in a tournament where you got a bunch of games back to back to back, and you got to have your your legs got to be fresh. And, and you know what? I think we've done a pretty good job of doing that, and we're going to continue keep it up.
0: We'll have more with Jim Ferry in a moment on the on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Jim, uh, we all know how Penn State started in the Big Ten. There was the first three, then there was, of course, the COVID gap, and then you came back and played two at Purdue and at Illinois. Since that point, Penn State is 7-7 seven and seven after that start. What does that tell you about the development within the program and what these players did?
2: Yeah, you know what, man, it shows just the commitment. It shows guys really focusing on getting better every day, Staying connected uh, and buying in, you know. Listen, we had a. I think we, if I remember right, you know, this league is just brutal. We opened up league play at Michigan, right? Yeah. I think we lost a, a four-point game where we actually had a shot to tie the game, you know. And, and you know, Michigan's one of the best teams in the country. We had a tough loss in overtime at Indiana, which arguably we very easily had that game won. Um, so we had some, you know, tough start there. You know, then you get to pause and that was you know, that's always difficult. And you know, I'm not trying to make excuses by any means, but having to shut it down totally and not do anything, it sets you back. Uh, but I do think those games that we played right out of the gate at Purdue at Illinois, we needed to get under our belts. Ugly, you know, it wasn't good. It wasn't good basketball, but we needed to get going again and then, you know, we had those two good wins, and then we've we've gotten better and that that's really what's important. And, and you know as a coach and as players that are competitors, that's really what your focus is is just try to get better every day and we've done that and you know we've been really competitive in, in in this league which is the best league in the country and we're playing real good basketball right now i think we if i'm correct we won three out of our last four yes we won, uh did we won two in a row on the road i, I mean you know we're, we're playing we're playing good basketball right now and i i think that's what you want to do heading into the tournament and our guys feel good about themselves you know, we're going to still focus on getting better tomorrow, uh, and then let's 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 go. Let's go make a run. I think we have the ability to do so. I think our guys are in a great place. We have great leadership, and I tell you what, man, there's not many teams in our league that want to play us right now. You know, we're scrappy. We play hard. We play off each other, uh, and we're playing with confidence right now. So we're looking forward to getting out there and and uh, going after Nebraska.
0: Something I did not bring up uh, on Thursday night after the Minnesota game, because Minnesota was senior night at the Jordan Center. I wanted to wait to see how the Maryland game played out before I brought this up. But this senior class now has been involved in 34 Big Ten wins. There's no senior class at Penn State that has been involved in 34 Big Ten wins. What does it tell everybody about, not just them now, but how, because you've been there every step of the way, about how they've developed as People and basketball players over this four years.
2: Yeah, that, that's pretty special. You know, you're talking about the basically the winningest class, the 34 wins. You know, you're talking about John and Jamari and Trent. You know, guys that came in that, that had to fill a role, that had to get better every day, uh, and to see them blossom and now become leaders and have the success that they're having. Um, you know, they've learned from the guys before them. They've learned from the experiences that they've gone through as role players to now take on bigger roles and never more evident than in John and Jamari, what they're doing right now. I mean, that's, that's some special stuff. And you know what? When, when you get to leave a mark anywhere, <laughs> you know, talk about a, a, a such a anniversary like Penn State, you get to leave yourself in a record book. That, that, that's pretty good stuff, man. And I'm just so proud of those guys and, and you know what? We want to just keep going. We want to just keep going. And that's just funny. I said something to John and Jamari yesterday, and that's what they said. But we just want to keep playing. We just want to keep playing. So really proud of those guys, TB, and what they've done and what they're going to continue to do.
0: Look, Trent Buttrick has had to fill a role. Kyle McCloskey's had to fill a role. Taylor Nussbaum. But, like, John Harra and Jamari Wheeler both played right away, but they had to fill a role. Not everybody wants to come into a program these days and then fill a role and then Bide their time until it's their tra- chance, their opportunity. What does it tell you about their personalities that they understand where they are and how they fit and how they can improve?
2: Yeah, especially nowadays, right? Everybody wants instant yeah. gratification, right? Everyone wants coffee and and, you know, I don't know, I'm going to age myself here, but back <laughs> when I was playing, you know, you kind of do want to come in as a freshman, put in my time, pay my dues, and then you get to play, and, and those guys had that old school mentality, and you know, hey, Jamari Wheeler had to deal with Tony Carr, (laughs) one of the best guards in the country, but he made Tony better every day, and he knew that was his role, and then he also knew what he had to give us when he had his minutes to play. He didn't play at all. His freshman year, he barely got in the game, and used to work himself out after every game until Mike Watkins got hurt. Then all of a sudden, he leads us, you know, one of the guys leads us to, to an NIT championship, and I think it's something that hopefully all these young kids watch and learn from you know we talk about it we preach it but you know you, you see what these guys did they didn't transfer they didn't look to leave they just got better and now it's their turn you know they had some unbelievable run they were part of that team last year played huge roles on last year's team that was you know top 10 in the country and now being leaders uh, this year as seniors it's, it's, it's a great story especially you know to get all these wins and, just, and great guys man you just talk about great guys you know, so proud to have been around them and coach them for a couple of years.
0: Penn State and Nebraska have played twice, and the two games have been decided by a grand total of four points. Yeah. What are some of the common threads in a, in a game in a matchup with Nebraska that you know we're going to see again on Wednesday night?
2: Well, I know what, both teams going to play really hard. You know, they beat us by one at our place. We basically beat them by a possession at their place. Um, low scoring game at our place, high scoring game at their place. You know what? They, they're they're a difficult team to defend. They're, they're such good passers. Fred does such a good job with ball movement, player movement, and then defensively they yuck it up a little bit. You know they they switch it a lot. They'll switch it to zone. You don't sometimes you don't even know what they're in. So you got to just play. You know, with us it's about anything else. We got to defend the rebound. You know, we're going to be locked in defensively against all their fast cuts. We really they really hurt us with basket cuts. Uh, in, the, in the first game. Um, got to know personnel, can't allow guys to get comfortable on the perimeter. Uh, and then with us, we got to play with pace and tempo. You know, if we stand, we got a little stagnant last night against Maryland, and it hurt us. And they did the same thing in the first game, you know, against Nebraska. So we've got to play with pace and tempo. we got to move them. we got to play towards the basket. Um, but, again, I, I expect it to be the same thing. You know, you got each team has beaten each other. I expect it to be a 40-minute battle. And, you know, man, once you get to tournament time, you know, every game is a battle. You know, 40 minutes seems like, you know, five hours because it's just a grind. Every possession matters. Every cut matters. Every pass matters. Um, So I expect a high-level game to be played.
0: They certainly they certainly run the same items they were running before, but they're doing it right now without Teddy Allen. So when you've looked at the recent tapes, what's allowed them to function at a high level with all due respect to a guy who's not there anymore?
2: Yeah, and you know what? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not in their practices every day, but what I do know is like the first game without Teddy Allen, they, they beat Rutgers by 30. Yeah. They, they were unbelievable. They were flying all over the place. Thor... Uh, and I apologize for not pronouncing it.
0: Thorby Thor Bjornsson. Thor
2: B- there you go. Thank you. He's been playing awesome. I mean, I watched his team night, He was flying all over the place. And the ball is moving. I mean, I know Teddy, Listen, man, he went off against us at 40 miles, could guard him. But now they're more, you know, they're more balanced. They're playing at a quicker pace. Um, the ball's moving all over the place. They're playing really good basketball. They should have won the game last night against the uh, –
0: North uh, Northwestern,
2: Northwestern, Western yeah. We basically at the buzzer But it'll be a tough matchup You know And again This time of year You know Anybody beats anybody It's survive and advance And, and we just gotta go out there And just focus on ourselves and, and play really well And whoever plays the best You don't even gotta play perfect You just gotta be played better Than your opponent this one. And it's survive and advance
0: uh, Finally Jim uh, This is the ultimate uh, Sequence of Every possession means something all the way through, from minute one right to the end how important is the mental aspect that veteran players understand that and it translates to younger players
2: yeah, it's really important, but here's the other thing too as a coach, like there's going to be mistakes, game of basketball is a game of mistakes, you can't get these guys so tightly wound and worry about making mistakes, you just got to play through and you got to just play, you got to focus on who you are and you got to trust each other and play off each other. Like, we can't – the game it's a game. you got to play the game, right? You can't put too much pressure on it. Okay. You don't win. This happens. We're not. Let's play the game of basketball. Trust each other. Play through mistakes. And then, again, whoever has the least amount of stakes is probably going to win the basketball game. But, you know, my big thing on, on playoff time, defend and rebound, make layups and free throws. We'll try to do the simple things um, because there's a lot of emotion in, in – tournament games, but again, it's, it's all about playing the game the right way.
0: Jim Ferry, Nittany Lions basketball coach as the Nittany Lions will take on Nebraska tonight, 9 o'clock. Dick Girardi will join me for the broadcast at 8.30. Sandy Barber next half hour. Kevin Kugler, who will call tonight's game on BTM, will join us in the final half hour. We're going to move Neil Kuhl on to tomorrow. Looks like we're on track to get Andrew Marsh on tomorrow as well. Talk about the new ESPN deal, about the NBA trying to create another level of playoff, trying to create some interest. I mean, you're seeing what the NBA is doing. Let's I call it more credit. levels
1: of stupidity.
0: Let's let's give the NBA credit. They know they're in trouble.
1: Yeah. But they're not very smart in fixing it.
0: That's well, because they keep calling Jeffrey Lurie, and you know that it's just, you know. <laughs> I, guess, I, I mean, I'm, just, I'm concerned. I mean.